Upward family, so good to see you on this beautiful Sunday morning. Got a little cold this morning, didn't it? A little cold today. Somebody said this winter has been like when you're having an argument with somebody and they leave the room and they keep coming back saying, and one more thing. You know what winter's like this year? It keeps coming back. One more day, I'm going to get you. Thanks for being with us today. We're in part three of a series called Desperate Faith, and we're learning about a woman who was truly desperate. She was desperately sick, first of all. She had an issue of blood. She was actually hemorrhaging for 12 years. She was slowly dying, and nobody could help her. She was desperately, desperately sick. She was also desperately alone. Her, the nature of her illness, we talked about this already, but the nature of her illness pushed her out of her community, likely from her family, certainly from her friends, doubtlessly from her worshiping community. She could not be a part of it. In our day, we would say she was not able to even go to church and hang out with worshiping people because of this illness. She was desperately sick and desperately alone. To add to that, she was desperately broke. The Bible said she'd suffered many things of many physicians, and she'd spent all that she had and was not only was nothing better, but rather grew worse and worse and worse. She was in a very desperate and hopeless situation. Then her situation began to change as she started journeying toward faith. The first thing she did is she heard about Jesus Christ. And when she heard about Jesus, faith began to spring up in her heart. Then she said something out of her mouth. She said, if I can just touch his clothes, I will get healed. So she heard and she spoke. And then she acted on her faith. She actually went to Jesus. He was in a crowd of people. Everyone was pressing around him. But she pressed through the crowd and she touched Jesus' clothes. And when she heard about Jesus, when she spoke the word out of her mouth and she acted on it, her desperate situation was solved. For the Bible said when she touched his clothes, immediately her blood stopped and she was healed. What a wonderful and powerful story. We're going to conclude this series today. Let's read together in Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Read it with me, if you will. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, "'Who touched my clothes?' But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well Go in peace and be healed of your afflictions. Two things I want to say to you today. Two things. Here's the first one. Jesus' power can heal your sick body. I said Jesus' power can heal your sick body. Jesus is still healing people today, just as he did when he walked on the earth. Because he's left us behind and he's placed his Holy Spirit within us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can pray for people and see them healed 
of their sicknesses. I believe in healing today. Put me down for that. I believe God is still healing people in our day. I had a wonderful talk with a good friend of mine. He's a, he's a wonderful physician and a wonderful Christian man, and uh, he loves Jesus. For many years, he lived under a theology that said healing wasn't for today, and he simply believed that healing wasn't in, our, in, our, uh, in the realm of possibilities, that God didn't do miracles like that in our day. But he told me this story. He encountered a young lady who had cancer. She had cancer in her lungs, cancer in her brain. He said cancer had metastasized all over her body, and she was dying, and uh, she just basically had weeks to live. And he had seen the scans of her brain and of her lungs and all over her body. And they brought a man in. I mean, sometimes you get desperate. And sometimes you'll try even things you wonder if they're true or not. So they called a man in from another state, and this man believed that he could pray for her and she would be healed. And the man came in for another state, and he prayed for this young lady. And my doctor friend said this. He said, I saw the scans before they prayed, and I saw her scans after they prayed. And what was there before they prayed was gone after they prayed. He said, the cancer that was there was gone, and the only thing that happened in between the first scan and the second one was prayer. And this doctor told me this sincerely. He said, I didn't believe in healing like this before this happened. He said, this experience completely changed my theology of healing. Jesus is still healing people today. His power is able to heal your sick bodies. Now, it's really cool how this miracle came to pass. Most of the time when Jesus did a miracle, somebody came and asked him to do something. They said, uh, you know, if you can lay hands on me, I'll, I'll be healed. Or if you can come to my house, or if you can just, some said, speak the word. Other times, Jesus did some really weird things. One blind guy, he made a mud pie out of his spit on the ground and put it in the guy's eyes and told him to go wash it out. I mean, there's some weird things that went on. This healing is so unusual because Jesus did not even realize what was happening until it happened. He's walking down the street, and all of a sudden, the Bible says, he felt power go out of him and says, whoa, what happened? Power just went out of me. You see what was going on in this story? We talk about the woman's flow of blood, and oftentimes we focus on her sickness and we forget that there's another flow going on in this story that is far more powerful than the woman's flow of blood. There is the flow of the Holy Spirit that was coming out of Jesus Christ. He was full of the Holy Spirit, and when that power of the Holy Spirit came in contact with the power of sickness. Sickness had to run away. Sickness had to flee. Let's be careful that we don't focus on the negative and not focus on what God's doing. Oh, that's a good word for somebody right there. Can I just stop right here? Parentheses, parentheses, this is not something I meant to say today, but one of the biggest struggles in my own life, can I tell you this morning? This means yes. Can I tell you this morning? One of the biggest struggles in my own life is I'll get my eyes on what the devil's doing and stop thinking about what God's doing. There was a flow of blood in this woman's life, but there was a flow of the Holy Spirit out of Jesus. And when it was unleashed on this woman's life, the flow of blood had to go away. It's as if Jesus is a tank just filled with the Holy Spirit and there's a faucet off to the side. And he's walking along full of the Holy Spirit, and all of a sudden he said, whoa, somebody just turned the spigot on. Somebody just opened the faucet, 
and the power of the Holy Spirit that's in me flowed out of me into somebody. How did she do that? Jesus wasn't wearing magic clothes. It was simply this, the faith she expressed in Jesus through her hearing, through her speech, and through her act, her faith turned on the faucet so the power of the Holy Spirit could flow from Jesus into her. When we trust Jesus and act in faith, we open the faucet so his power can flow into our lives and change situations that we cannot change by ourselves. So I want you to hear me today. Jesus' power can heal your sick body. He's still doing it today. But the wonderful thing about this story that touches my heart is that this woman's healing was so much deeper than the flow of blood. And Jesus recognized that there was a deeper healing that needed to take place in her. And he healed her after the flow of blood. He healed her of something else. You see, she had a problem that went beyond her body. She had a problem in her soul. I want you to understand this today. You are a spiritual being. You are a spirit. You are not this body. Had to look in the mirror this morning. That body's not as good looking as it used to be. It's a little slower than it used to be. Can I get an amen? Maybe an extra ache and pain that used to not be there. Isn't it good to know, the Bible said this, as the outward man decays, the inward man is renewed day by day. That means look on my outside, I may look like I'm getting worse, but on the inside, I'm getting better every day. I'm getting stronger every day. You are a spirit. You live in this body, and you possess a soul, which is your will, your emotions. And oftentimes, my friends, hear me on this, When we have a problem physically or circumstantially, our souls get wounded. And we experience pain that is beyond the physical pain. We experience pain on the inside. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? I've heard people say before, pain, uh, physical pain is nothing to the pain I feel inside. Met a young lady years and years ago. She was a teenager and she was cutting herself And her mother brought her to me to talk to me, uh, and I was uh, trying to help her work through this. And I was a very young pastor, and I was trying to understand why she would do this. And it's hard to understand, if you've not been there, why a young, beautiful young lady would take a razor blade and just cut herself. You know the enemies at work, because that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to self-destruct. And I tried to talk to her, and I had a good conversation, and was so telling. I asked her, I said, why do you do this? And she said, well, when I cut myself, the pain that I feel in my arm numbs the pain that I feel in my heart. And I thought that young lady told that story better than I've ever heard it told before. She's cutting herself to numb the pain that was inside. Because often our problems are not a physical problem. They're a problem of us having walked through trauma and pain and hurt and difficulty And it's created a wound inside our heart that's just not healing up. What I love about this story is Jesus didn't just heal this woman's presenting symptom. He healed the real problem that was on the inside of her heart. You see, she'd been traumatized by her sickness. 
It had robbed her of all her money. It had robbed her of her friends. It had likely robbed her of family. It had made her feel like she was on the outside looking in everywhere she went. She literally had to stay on the outside everywhere she went and look in on everyone else having a family and having a life. She was pushed aside. And things like that have a way of wounding your soul. You may be sitting here today and you're doing your best to smile, but inside something's hurting in your heart. Somebody you trusted and loved has left you, maybe hurt you down deep inside, and you're trying to process that. And deep down inside, you're hurt. Maybe you've experienced a great loss, and there's a wound in your soul this morning that you just don't know how you're ever going to get over. I want to tell you, Jesus looks down into those places in our hearts that hurt, and he knows those places are there. And he wants to come into that space and bring healing to us in our soul that is a very deep healing. That is a healing beyond what everybody else can see down deep in our soul. Jesus' power can heal your sick body. Jesus' love can heal your sick soul. Now, you ready for the rest of this message? Are you ready? We're going to do some work here. You're going to cry a little bit, okay? be a little heavy today, but Jesus is going to do some surgery and some work on us. Here's the good news. He's going to heal your soul. Here's the tough news. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be one prayer. It's not going to be one trip down here to the altar and you're just all healed or one conversation. He's going to heal your sick soul, but to do that, he has to open some old wounds. Here's what he did with this woman. She comes... She's already feeling cast aside. She's already alone. And it's really a pitiful, desperate situation, last-ditch effort. But she comes up behind Jesus, sneaks into the crowd and grabs his garment. And you see what she's trying to do. This is a, a stealth a stealth operation to hide from everybody else because that's what she'd been doing for 12 years. She's sneaking in behind him to get a hold of his garment And her desire, you read the story and it's pretty clear, her desire was to touch his garment and nobody know what's going on and her just to get healed and walk away saying, thank you, Jesus. Have you just been in a place and wished that nobody knew you were there? Have you ever wished, somebody asked me what your superpower would be, I think if I could be invisible, I would like that sometimes. Any introverts in the room? Can I see your hands if you're interested? I know it's a, it's a labor for you to lift your hands. <laughs> Any introverts, that question is just horrible. And here you've wound up at Upward Christian Fellowship where everybody and their brother wants to hug you. And we're so glad you're here. You won't believe this, never do, but by nature I'm kind of an introvert myself. When I'm, when I'm outside of here, I'm kind of shy. I don't like to go up and talk to everybody and all that kind of thing. It's different in here, but this woman was that. She wanted to go in and go out, but you notice what Jesus did. He made a scene of the whole thing. He turned around and said, who touched me? That's the last thing that woman wanted to hear because she'd, she'd heard that question before. Did that woman touch me? Did that bleeding woman touch me? Because if she touched me, I'm unclean. I got to go take a bath and I can't even go home till tonight. Did that woman touch me? Over and over in her life, that trauma had hit her. And now her Savior says, who touched me? 
He opened a wound. Hear me today. Many times the only way wounds can get healed is to open them up. That's the bad news, by the way. I was on a mission trip many, many years ago. I was in Honduras, and we were out on a ranch. We were kind of far away from any medical help, and, and we were in a car, and they asked me to go close a gate in the ranch, and I jumped out of the car. I went rather quickly to close the gate, big heavy wooden gate, and I slammed my finger in the gate, and it just smashed my finger. One of those where the fingernails coming off, you ever had one of those? Those are terrible things, and so it hurt so badly, so I didn't have a lot of... Uh, anything to clean it up with, you know, dip it in kerosene, you know, wipe it off, you know, sort of situation. I, I just wrapped it up in a bandage and thought if I keep it wrapped up, it'll get better. Have you ever said that to yourself? If I can just wrap this up, it'll get better, right? I kept it wrapped up for about a week. And you know, when you hurt yourself, you can tell after about a day if this thing is actually healing or if it's getting worse. After day one, I knew this is not healing, it's getting worse. But I thought, I'll just keep the bandage on. Can anybody relate to that? If I keep it covered up, it'll get better. But then the next day, it's still hurting and it's starting to swell. I let that thing go for a week. Finally, after a week, I knew that if I don't take a look at this thing, it's not getting any better. That's the bad news. If you don't address the trauma and the brokenness in your soul, covering it up doesn't heal it. Hiding it, hiding it doesn't heal it. Putting a Band-Aid on it doesn't heal it. So what I had to do, you ready for the gross story? I had to take the bandage off, and here's what had happened. That, that, that splinter had kind of healed over. So now it's closed. We can do that emotionally. We can heal over trauma and it still be in there affecting our lives and everything on the outside looks okay. I had to get a pocket knife, which is all I had. I had a Swiss Army knife. I've still got that knife. I see it and I remember that day. I took out the blade and just cut that thing open. It was so disgusting. I have a picture here I'd like to show you. No, don't. just kidding. Just kidding. I've done that. This is the third time I've preached this, and every time people go, oh, they just go look down. And then one lady after first service today is like, I was so disappointed. I love those things. I wanted to see the picture. <laughs> so we cut it open. I cut it open, and all kind of stuff came out, including a splinter. Because what had happened is a splinter had gone down into the root of that that I didn't see, and that's what was causing all the problems. Sometimes a splinter goes down into our soul that's not immediately apparent, but something down there is festering and swelling and hurting, and we know something needs to be dealt with. The amazing thing about a splinter, I've had many splinters in my life. The amazing thing to always to me about a splinter is when you get it out, you know it's out. It's like, yep, I'm good now. You can touch it and tell, yep, the bad stuff is out. The bad news is Jesus will open some old wounds He'll take you to some places that you don't want to go anymore. You don't want to face it. But can I tell you this? He's opening the wound in order to bring healing. 
He's opening the wound in order to get the brokenness out. And here's the deal with Jesus. He doesn't do this against our will. We must invite him to do this and invite him to come into that place in our heart where we're hurting and give him permission to go there. And that's why it's so quiet in here. Because oftentimes we don't want to face that. This woman had deep trauma and he turned around and said, who touched me? And the the Bible says she was fearing and trembling. Even after she got healed, she was worried about a couple things. What's he going to say? What's he going to do? Did I make him unclean? Did I do something wrong? What's happening next? All of a sudden, this woman who'd been hiding, remember, there's a crowd there. The crowd's sort of part and everybody's watching all this happen. What a nightmare. Jesus healed her in front of the community because she'd been cast out of the community. Exactly what she needed was exactly what she didn't want, but she needed it so much, and he healed her. The Bible said this, she fearing and trembling came down before him and told him the whole truth. She'd been wanting just to sneak up and get healed without Jesus even knowing it. And he's like, nope, you're getting healed today but you're getting more than you bargained for. All you knew about was the blood, but I know about a healing that's much deeper than anything you've ever admitted. And I'm going to get inside and I'm going to heal that. The brokenness you felt for years, I'm going to heal that. The rejection you felt for years, I'm going to heal that. The isolation and abandonment you've been walking in, I'm going to heal that. Here's what she did. She just told him the whole truth. She just fell down at Jesus' feet. She poured out her soul to him. One of the most powerful things you can do is just pack up all your brokenness, all your trauma, all your doubts and all your fears and just pack them up in a bag and just throw them down at the feet of Jesus and say, Lord, here it all is. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's how I'm hurting. Here's how I'm broken. Here are my doubts and my fears. Some people come to me sometimes and I I feel so bad for them. They say, is it okay to tell God this? First thing I want to say is, he already knows. You won't surprise him. And yes, it's okay. When you doubt, tell God. When you hurt, tell God. When you're mad, tell God. When you're disappointed in him and don't know what he's doing, tell him. I don't know if this will make you happy or not, but two months ago, I just rode down the car and I was just saying, God, man, you let me down this time. You failed me. You don't even know what's going on here. You failed me. I'm saying all that kind of stuff to God. I know better. I'm like, God, where are you now? I love it because there's Psalms like that. There's scripture like that when the godliest of people reached a point where they just said, God, you failed me. You know what? It wasn't until the end of that day that God showed up and said, see, I was here the whole time. I've been walking with God a long time, and he still does that with me. And I still have to come before him and just lay it all out. He opened her wound, and then he got down to the root of something she had felt in one word. He called her something that apparently no one had called her in a long time. 
He used a word to refer to her, and I want you to hear this. He never addressed another woman, at least recorded in the Gospels. There is no record of Jesus ever addressing a woman with this word, one word, except this woman. Something, I don't know the whole story of this woman. The Bible doesn't tell us the whole story. But she needed the word daughter. She needed that. I suspect she was dealing with a wound of fatherlessness. You know, that's one of the biggest things going on in our world today is fatherlessness. Can I say this to to you today? We were created needing a father and a mother. We were created needing that. No matter what the culture says today or the world says today, we were created needing a dad and a mom in our lives. And if anything got in the way of that, disrupted that relationship, broke that relationship, and that's so many problems today, there is a wound down deep in our soul from the lack of that. And in this situation, Jesus stepped in and used a word he never used with another woman, daughter. A woman who'd been looking in from the outside was now welcome to come in and be a part of a family. I love this about Jesus. He's not calling you to a religion. He's welcoming you into a family. And however broken you've been, whatever trauma you've experienced, I want you to hear me today. Jesus knows. He sees. And he wants to heal you in a very powerful and deep way beyond anything you ever knew you needed. And he's doing that. Praying early this year, I was just praying, God, what's up with this year? What's going on this year? And I kept hearing the words in my spirit. I want to do a deep healing in your life this year. I want to deal with some stuff in your life you haven't been willing to deal with. And I want to heal some wounds that you've just been bandaging over. Will you invite Jesus into your life? Maybe you don't know Christ. And I want you to understand, some of you here today, Jesus is not what you thought he was. And he's not what other people said he was. He's not what even some churches made him out to be. He is who he is. You can find him in the Bible and you can find him through the Holy Spirit. You can find him by inviting him into your life. Maybe he lives and walks in your life, but there's just a place of your life you haven't invited him in, a place of pain and brokenness. If you'll invite him today, he'll come into that place. Now, it won't be easy. It may get uncomfortable, but he'll heal something in there. He'll deliver you from something down deep in there, and you'll be free. When you push on that spot again, you'll know something that was in there is gone because he's come in and set me free. Can I pray for you today? Jesus, thank you for these precious people. We've come here today to meet with you, to put you first in our week, to give you worship and praise, and to hear from your word. And today, your word is here. Your life is here. Your spirit is here, and you're calling us today to a place of saying yes to you, yes to healing in a deeper place. Jesus, we open our hearts to you and what you're doing, and we invite you to come in. Heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder who here today, and we will not embarrass you, but here today, if you'd say, Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus in my life today. I'm saying yes to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. Can I see your hand right now? Saying yes, God bless you so much. God bless you. Anybody else this morning? God bless you. 
we've had three or four this morning saying yes to Jesus as their Savior and Lord. Isn't that exciting and wonderful? Push it a little deeper. How many say, I know Jesus. He is my Savior. He's my Lord. There's some painful places that I just want to invite him into to heal me in a very deep way. Can I see your hands this morning all over? I see a bunch of them. Yep, yep. Yes, hold them up for a minute. Jesus, Jesus, you see each hand. You see each heart. Jesus, I pray right now that you would just wrap your arms around these people right now in a tangible way, Lord. Let them know you're here with them and you're fighting for them, for their healing. And that no matter how painful the journey is, you'll be with them every step. I want you to pray with me now, please. Those who are saying yes to Christ, right here, online, you're there and Jesus is touching your heart today. You're saying yes to him. Will you pray with us right now? Church, would you help me pray? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to die for me, to pay the price for my sin. I bring my whole life, the good and the bad, the broken, I lay it all at your feet. I give my sin to you. Destroy it, Lord. Destroy its power in my life. Come into my heart. Live in me. Live through me. Today, I confess you, Jesus, as my Savior and Lord. And from this day forward, my life is yours. Amen. Can we celebrate that this morning? Isn't that incredible? I want to speak a word of you, over you today, a blessing that has to do with the family. You ready? Ephesians uh, 6, 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. That's your blessing this week. Now I commission you, go out of this place, make Jesus known everywhere you go. Love you so much. Can't tell you how much we love hanging out with you guys. You be blessed. Have a great Sunday.